Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, y'all? It is the New Norm Podcast in the building. Woo! We need to get that little clapping sound. Like, woo! <laughs> we got a special guest this week. Uh, Shabrell Reynolds is going to be our guest. But before we get into that, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We won short today. Uh, Darikius could not be with us today, but uh, you know, he he with us in spirit. But but how was y'all's New Year's? What's how's it been going so far? 2021. I know. It's been going okay. The first four days is all right. Five <laughs> days is all right. Who's that in? Right. Days. I was about to say, don't number for me. Don't count them. Right, yeah. Look, 2021 to start out lit for me. I ain't gonna spill all the tea, but bye bye. That thing is, yeah. We need to keep the same energy, the same energy. We need to keep it. I'll just say that. What about you, a super producer? The super producer, always Dan. Uh, 2021 is this is the year to be intentional. So I'm always putting positive vibes in the atmosphere and I'm claiming it this season. So I'm super excited and I'm, we just do. So that's all I got. That's right. That's right. So yeah, so we are excited about the new norm podcast again. Thank y'all for tuning in. Tell a friend to tell a friend to, to tune in, share this link wherever you're seeing this, whether you are watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, the link and uh just keep up with us make sure you're following us on uh, our socials so let's get into the word on the street what, what's popping okay hello everybody my name is janet langford um and i will be doing the word on the street today one second I'm not gonna bypass that ass tick. I like that shirt. That blouse is nice. Thank you. Give so, the word. What are you talking about, me, Chrissy? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, ass tick. It's giving me good vibes, friend. Yes, with the essentials. Look, yeah. in, in the words. Okay, it is um dry January. So what is dry January? It's a month when many people voluntarily stop drinking alcohol after the excesses of um, December and the start of the new year on a sober, clear, and more refreshed and healthier note. Um, I would encourage everybody to participate in dry January. It's a dry January challenge um, that's being launched on social media. So you should be able to, you know, find it on um, Facebook and Instagram as well. And pretty much it's just promoting you to be honestly a better, a better and a healthier self. And also a part of this challenge, um, they encourage people to move their alcohol um, out of pretty much the way um, if you're coming in your house and you're seeing, you know, you have your alcohol placed in the area where you can see it all the time to place it in a safe place or just to move it out of the way. So instantly you won't want you will not want it. Um, and also to create like a supportive um, team. And as you all know, the house or the community wellness team, we are huge on um, just pretty much promoting um, a healthier lifestyle. And I would encourage everybody to participate in Dry January. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I actually been seeing some things about dry January um, on Twitter. It seems like a lot of people are talking about it. So, you know, I guess they're, they're getting the word out, which is uh, definitely a good thing. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what, I guess maybe that's something we could continue to promote on our socials. You know what I mean? Absolutely. For us. Because as we know, the new norm podcast is where community meets what? Wellness. Yeah. <laughs> Wellness. So that's that's on point. So thank you for that, Janet, with word on the street. And again, January is dry January. And, and just throughout the year, you know, we want to promote healthy living. Everything in moderation, but it does make sense. Including, including moderation. Including moderation. Right. Everything in moderation, including moderation. Right. But I, you know what you said though, uh, before we went live, Janet, that was interesting too, about the changes in people's drinking patterns since the pandemic. So I'm also wondering, you know, was that part of the push to kick off this dry January? Because I've been seeing it a lot and I was like. Wow, you know, I haven't ever, I don't remember, you know, that being a thing before, but I wonder if, you know, pandemic lifestyle has, has made this a thing. Right. Because they um, also asked, you know, why should you participate in dry January? And um, a lot of people said it's just kind of a self-diagnosis of how important alcohol really is to you, um, which is good because a lot of times if you aren't able to um, just be honest and real with yourself, um, then... Mm -hmm. How can you really move forward with what the things that you need to kind of continue to grow with? So I think the first step is always to acknowledge um, and to just be able to admit it. And I think it's a, actually a great way for people to come together and to support each other rather than tear each other down. Because it's easy to say, you know, why do you have that problem or why are you doing that? So it's actually in a in a great way. It's just highlighting and, and showing positivity to people that you know struggle or have those problems mm -hmm. but i think the um just tapping into that i think the beauty of it is like you just said recognizing that it is an issue um i think 2020 for a lot of people including myself was a trigger and it wasn't necessarily a positive trigger at that um so it kind of made you tap into a lot of um derogatory behaviors and drinking is definitely one of those you know of course in moderation it is legal just be clear. Um, but just, you know, it made you tap into those not unhealthy behaviors because of something that was triggered. It was just a, a time of ambiguity that was going on. And it was just like, OK, what do I do? So something that was readily available. I know for a fact I passed by my um, ABC store every day. It was somebody out there every day. Um, and you just like on a Tuesday, uh, you know, you're going up on a Thursday. You know, usually you just see the lines wrap. And at this point, you can see them because, you know, they only having like one or two people outside. I mean, inside. So you can actually see the length of lines that people are waiting to go into the ABC store. So um, I think, you know, just recognizing that it was a it was a cause and effect. Drinking is always an effect of something. Right. I feel like also like uh, the reason why um, there's been an increase, not only due to the pandemic, I think people are just bored. Um, sitting around not being able to leave the house is like, or oh, well, the only entertainment or any uh, any way I can get any sort of um, um, 
you know, anything out of it is to start drinking or to, uh, you know, go back into like those unhealthy, uh, toxic behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just awareness. I feel like you have to be aware of who you are. And also like, like, um, Jenna said, you have to be able to, uh, accept and, um, you know, acknowledge that you have an issue in order to correct it, but definitely awareness as far as like knowing your triggers and knowing like the root of uh, the problem would definitely help. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. And uh, you gave us a, a good segue in, in um, you know, moving to writer's block. And I know the topic is going to be kind of different, but just the idea of the power of, um, creating during this time period so Mm -hmm. um so yeah so let's go on and see what you got and on the writer's block for us okay um good morning everyone um my name is ian brooklyn i'm the community wellness prevention specialist for randolph county and um happy new year um i will say that over the weekend before 2021 came in a lot of people in the hip-hop community were saddened because we got news that um, a very important figure in the hip hop community had passed away. Um, His name's MF Doom. Um, If you're a hip hop fan and you don't know who MF Doom is, do your research because this man has, has been one of the most innovative figures in in hip hop for probably the past 20 years. so definitely a huge influence on me. Um, so I, I've compiled a list uh, to celebrate MF Doom and to uh, highlight certain moments in his career. But um, first off, I want to say um, a little brief, uh, little brief uh, introduction. Uh, MF Doom was born Daniel Dumoulay on January 9th, 1971, and he died on October 31st, 2020. So he died on October 20, on Halloween, but it wasn't announced that he died until New Year's Eve. So he had been dead for two months and no one knew until New Year's Eve. So um, he's best known for his stage name, MF Doom, or simply Doom, stylized in all caps. So to weed out people that aren't fans of MF Doom, if they spell Doom's name with a capital D lowercase, you know that they're not an MF Doom fan because he always spells his name in all caps. So all caps. Um, He was a British American rapper and record producer noted for his intricate wordplay, which I'm gonna get into, (laughs) Um, signature metal mask and supervillain stage persona. Um, Dumoulay became a major figure of the underground hip-hop in the 2000s and was described by Variety after his death as one of the scene's most celebrated, unpredictable, enigmatic figures. That's Doom right there. So in order to celebrate, also Doom went by Victor Vaughn, King Ghidra. He had very many um, aliases, Um, but he will be dearly missed. Um, I have an MF Doom tattoo. That's how much he meant to me. That's how much he meant to a lot of people in hip hop. Um, it was really a sad day. Um, so um, first off, I'm gonna do the top five songs or my top five songs by MF Doom. Um, y'all can check them out if y'all want to. Um, and I tried to pick the most accessible ones. I literally 
listen to a whole like list. I had a playlist of MF Doom. I just want to listen to a whole bunch of it. Pick the top five that I think would be the most accessible to people who don't know who MF Doom is. Um, there's a lot of other, he has so much music to the point where it's like, you may hear these five and you may go and listen to some deep cuts and be like, no, those five are trash. These are the, are the best Doom songs, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just about to give you all the top five. So my top five. So at number five is all caps. Of course, that's the song where he tells you if you want like to spell my name is all caps. Like <laughs> if you ever spell my name is all caps. Remember that always spell the man's name with all caps. Number four would be accordion, um, which is off the Mad Villain album, which is a probably one of the greatest hip hop albums of the past 20 years. Um, Number three is Strange Ways, um, which is also off the Mad Villain album. Um, number two is Question Mark, which is off his first album, which deals with him talking about the death of his brother, um, really touching track. And uh, number one is Dead Bent, which is just MF Doom just getting lyrical on y'all, just from start to finish. So those are my top five MF Doom tracks. Um, next is going to be uh, I made a list of the top five. I'm sorry, this is going to be a long segment, but oh, uh, come on, Ian, um, what's your purview? The next one's right. going to be uh, the top five, uh, my top five um, rhymes by MF Doom, just to show y'all how how crazy he was with his wordplay. So, like, number five um, is from uh, it's from off the album Danger Doom, but basically he says. Scared of a bunch of water, then get out the rain. Order a rapper for lunch and spit out the chain. Then kick a loogie off the tim of his timbo and trip and trick a honey dip into a game of strip limbo. Odd, he couldn't find no remorse. A wink is as good as a nod to a blind horse. Of course, his technique is from a divine source. Never knew the price of ice or what swine cost. Now, that that that's just number five. I mean, that's that's just off his Danger Doom album. That's just a little little look, just a little bit of his wordplay. So like next, so the next one we get we get like really into it. Doom goes talks on a bunch of subjects uh, with his wordplay, and this is off the song Strange Ways. But he says they pray four times a day. They pray five. Whose ways is strange when it's time to survive? Some will go off of their own free will to die. Others take them with you when they blow sky high. What's the difference? All you get is lost children while the bosses sit up behind desks and count billions to blast humans in half into calves and arms. Only one side is allowed to have bombs. That's like making a soldier drop his weapon, shooting them, and tell them to get the stepping. Obviously, they came with a portion of his fortune. Sounds to me like the old robbery extortion. Strange ways. So that's all strange ways. Um, the next one is just is I may trip on the second on this is number two, but I may trip and stumble trying to like recite these because it's just all over the place. So he says, already woke, spared a joke, barely spoke, rarely smoke, stared at folks when properly provoked. My mirror broke. Here, share a strawberry morning gone. A more important spawning, torn in, poor men, sworn in, Cornish hens, switching positions, auditioning morticians, saw in a vision, ignoring prison, ignoramuses enlist and sound dumb, found them drowned in cow's dung, crowns flung. 
that is just crazy. Like how he's able to put these intricate rhyme patterns together to tell a story and just trying to, it's just, it's just crazy. Okay. And then number one, and this is dedicated. This is, this is, I picked this as number one because of Doom's passing and just how he was able to, he was just ahead of his time. So the name of the song is called Doomsday. And it says on Doomsday, ever since the womb till I'm back where my brother went. That's what my tune will say right above my government. Doomalay, either marked or engraved. Hey, who's to say? So he's talking about him dying. Like just, just the fact that he was able to put that in words and the fact that he's gone now, like that's the number one lyric for me because it's just, it, it hits home so hard. And it's so weird how a man that wears, it's just so ironic. It's ironic how a man that wears an iron mask died on Halloween. And it was announced on New Year's Eve. So like all me and my homies are like, you know, from this point on, um, Halloween is now doomsday. New Year's Eve is now doomsday. Celebrate accordingly. So for, for, for a Halloween, we celebrate Halloween from the 1st to the 30th, 31st. We put on our doom mask. We listen to doom all Halloween. We may even go as doom for Halloween because it's doomsday. New Year's Eve, same thing. You know, um, we're bringing in the new year, listening to Doom. Um, I just want to say RIP Doom. Um, you will be missed. Um, you had a huge influence on me and a lot of people, a lot of my friends, a lot of people in the hip-hop community. So RIP Doom, um, Doomsday forever. And that's my segment. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I felt that. I, look, that's what I'm like. I know, like, hey. now people be talking about like a fan. That's what you call a fan. <laughs> like, I love wow. Doom. Amazing. I love Doom. And I don't know. It's just, I'm still kind of like at a blank about it because his persona was a supervillain. So, like, one thing he used to do, and this is the crazy thing about it, one thing he used to do is because he always wore a mask. He would barely do shows, like he would barely do hip hop shows. But the hip hop shows that he would do, sometimes he was sending he was sending imposters, like people that weren't really him, wearing his mask, performing and lip syncing. So when when Doom would come out and perform, people would be like, "That's not Doom. Like he's lip syncing. That's an imposter. That's a Doom bot." They would say Doom bots because it's not really him. And Doom would just take the bag from the show. And leave like a supervillain. That was his thing, like the supervillain. And the fact that he had died on Halloween, a lot of the hip hop people were like, wait a minute, that's a supervillain thing to do is to like say, you know, like I died and just and like reinvent yourself as something else. So a lot of people were like, well, maybe he's retiring the Doom moniker and is coming is reinventing himself. But no, he he's gone. But just the that's how good his genius is. Is even in death, he has his fans thinking, "Oh, he's doing just a supervillain thing." That's part of his act. Like it reminded me of Pac. Like that was that was our experience with Pac when he passed away. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like your life was so your art was so powerful that 
it even scripted your passing mm -hmm. called, like with him passing on on halloween so yeah that's real and again you know the whole thing about it with artists is the legacy they leave and the inspiration and so it was dope that you know he was able to touch you and inspire you and you're carrying on his legacy through the work that you're doing and also you know through what we're doing with community wellness like, mm -hmm. You know I'm saying showing people the power of our words, the power of creativity, and that he inspired that in you. That's hot. That's dope. Well, then also it's just like his whole persona. The reason why he wore the mask, like he was saying, was because not only for the supervillain persona, but just like it shouldn't matter what the artist looked like. It should matter what the artist sounds like. Uh -huh. So he wore the mask to be like, you can't, you can't like look at me, you can't base your opinion of liking my music off what I look like. That's and I thought exactly. that was very, very uh, important and very, very, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, it was something that I think artists need to hear because I think a lot of times we get caught up in the image. He never wore jewelry. Like he would always say, I'm the dopest rapper without a chain. Like he never wore jewelry. Um, he wasn't about image. He was about creativity. He made it okay. He made it he made it okay to be weird in your music. He made it okay to make left field hip hop music and still be accepted in the culture. And I don't know, that's, that's just a lot to me. <laughs> like, yeah, that's real, man. That is yeah. so real. So we appreciate the MF Doom Ooh. tribute and we know that his legacy lives on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I guess we'll turn it over to uh, Jam because we got a special guest. Um, so tell us about our guest. Okay, I am. I just want to share my screen for one second. Can everybody okay. her, her photo? <laughs> I know, right? Giving Aren't it to my it. girl. Yes, sir. Okay, so today I have the honor um, and the privilege to introduce Shabrell Reynolds. Shabrell Reynolds is the president and the chief executive operator of Flowing Brook Incorporated. Flowing Brook is a nonprofit social service agency offering supportive services for youth ages, ages zero through 21 in the form of financial, spiritual, and emotional and, and behavioral services. Flowing Brook is actively engaged in offering counseling to youth throughout Central and Southeast Alabama. Ms. Reynolds possesses a Bachelor of Science degree in social work, a Master of Science degree in clinical mental health counseling, and also possesses a Master of Science degree in social work and holds a license at the graduate level. Yes, ma'am. She is a three-time graduate of Troy University. Ms. Reynolds also has a plethora of experience working in the helping profession. Ms. Reynolds has worked in the field of mental health for a year and is employed as needed with South Central Alabama Mental Health Board. She worked for nearly two years in therapeutic therapeutic foster care as a family development specialist and now works in palliative care. Shabriel states, my background in foster care and social services, as well as in palliative care, would be a great 
asset to Flowing Brook. Because I have worked with many DHR workers, conducted many meetings with directors of the Department of Human Resources, and as a recruiter, family slash family development specialist, as well as attending many trainings related to children, such as deciding together and group preparation and selection. I think that my knowledge and experiences will help to provide a different um, perception of residential group home care. My experience and palliative care helps me to be able to understand and to better under to to um, excuse me helps me to be able to better understand and empathize with those who experience many loss and gains and how individuals cope differently. My desires are not to only provide housing for youth. However, I would like to also employ many principles that promote holistic um, evolvement of each individual. Ms. Reynolds is a native of Troy, Alabama, where she is very active in her community. So without further ado, we would like to bring Miss Shabrill Reynolds on. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. Sorry, I'm on to solo layout. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, whew, this is going to be so good. Um, so let's just jump into it. Um, the first question that I really want to ask you was where um, did the name come from of your nonprofit organization? Okay, so I'm so glad you asked. Um, I worked in um at, for an organization in montgomery um actually since like my bio needs to be updated because i'm back into the uh, arena of therapeutic foster care now um but i was working for this agency and i just um i was almost grieved um because i felt like um you know if our goal is to reunify families what are we doing to kind of help them to uh, rehabilitate what are we doing to kind of reach out, what services are we offering? And I think due to the lack of, um, you know, the limited amount of workers, and I think sometimes due to burnout, um, kids and families would kind of slip through the cracks. So many nights I would go home and I would be, you know, just crying and, you know, just like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Um, and um, he kind of, I had a dream one night and I was like, well, what will I call it? You know, what will I call it? And, you know, a couple months later, um, the name Flowingbrook came to me. And I was like, where, where does that come from? Um, <laughs> but there's a scripture in the Bible that says the words of our mouth should be like a wellspring of, of wisdom uh, as a flowing brook. So um, I wanted, I was like, okay, well, there it is. Um, here we are. We can bring a service um, where we can provide wisdom and knowledge for people. Um, and it could be something that is provided to not just, you know, a child, but their family. Um, but I guess we'll get more into that later. I, I don't want to go to that, but that's where the name comes from. That's amazing. Um, and just, you know, kind of piggyback off of what you were saying. I really want people to understand and I would, you know, I would rather you say how important um, supportive services and therapeutic services are to children. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, therapeutic services for children. A lot of times they feel like they can't talk to uh, someone that's in their environment, you know, either due to a lack of rapport that's been built up or um, because they feel like they're misunderstood. And sometimes, you know, we know as adults, it's kind of hard to have a conversation uh, with someone out of fear of being judged or, um, you know, and wanting to get that extra direction. But I really feel like everybody, you know, not just children, need someone to talk to to be able to kind of, you know, help them process uh, different things. Wonderful. Tell us more about the uh, areas that you serve. Where where can people find you? Where are you offering services? I'm sorry, it kind of broke up. Where where are you offering services? Where is uh, Flowing Brook? Where you all? Um, what areas do you serve? So we serve um, Central and Southeast Alabama. Um, right now, our office is located in Troy, downtown the city of Troy, and um, we do in-home services. Um, as, um, we go to Coffee County, Bullock, Barber, um, uh, Houston, Henry, uh, Montgomery County. Um, so we do services in our office, and then we also, um, you know, do in-home services. Um, with COVID-19, um, we haven't been in the home a lot. Um, you know, due to trying to maintain the safety of everyone. So we do, you know, encourage people to come here to our office where we can maintain that space. But if they can't, we go to them uh, because we definitely know it's a service that's needed. That's amazing. Um, I'm not sure if you all um, have, you know, kind of seen this, but Taraji has recently um, been an advocate of just mental health. And... Um, she is, you know, I think she she launched her own episode. Um, and I'm saying it to say mental health is an area, you know, since I've gotten into this field and you know, before I was at a um at Beulah High School in the special education department, mental health is a field that honestly seems to be overlooked. Hold on one second, I don't know. You all hear that? Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah. Okay. okay. I think we did. Okay. Um, uh oh, did she leave? Oh, yeah. Let me add okay, I'm sorry about that. We're just having some audio issues for a second. Um, but I was just saying, like, mental health is the area that seems really be overlooked, um, especially in rural um, communities. And I just wanted to know what. In your opinion, you know, what are some more ways that we can really stress the importance of mental um, health in our community? Um, I think just making it like a part of life and like normalizing it. Um, one of the one of the hugest stigmas that Uh-oh. Yeah, we're experiencing some audio. I think I lost connection. <laughs> um, but one of the hugest stigmas that I think that I've heard, um, as, you know, especially from our more seasoned population is, well, don't you go tell people your business, but we can't tell people our business. And that is just, 
that is something I think that has been deeply embedded into, you know, our mental um, is that we don't talk about what goes on in our home. For, so therefore, we have kids that grow up and they're suffering with these issues and they don't know who to talk to about it because, you know, they're taught we don't talk about this stuff outside of our home. Um, and then we see a lot of stuff um, and um, we don't talk about that. And so in turn, you know, we grow up, um, you know, looking at talking to somebody as a negative thing, which, you know, I don't, I don't uh, prefer to call what I do uh, therapy. A lot of times I like to call myself a partner. I'm like, well, let's partner together and see how, you know, what we can figure out and how can we work through this? And so I think I found that approach to be better, especially in, you know, more rural communities. And I think you make a really good point about, um, you know, people wanting to keep what happens in the home in the home. Cause a lot of times we feel like we're the only ones not realizing how common uh, issues with emotional wellness are. I mean, it's more the norm than not. But, you know, when we don't communicate and talk about it, the only ones going through various things. So it's a great point. One thing that I absolutely love um, about your nonprofit, and I'm going to read it off your website, um, your services, um, you develop a personalized treatment approach um, catered to an individual's needs. And you also embrace a collaborative approach of person-centered therapy. Um, and I just wanted to know what made you, um, or why did you decide to cater to a person's needs um, opposed to I'm just going to say the the problem that most people identify. Um, I think that when we approach it with a more blanketed um, outlook, we can miss some very important components of a person's life. Um, what may work for one may not work for another. So um, I feel like it's always important to approach it with on an individual basis. Um, and what, how I did therapy with someone else may not be a way that, you know, that kind of agrees with you and, and may not get a good response. Um, so a lot of times, you know, some people may need very hands-on, um, you know, therapy and, and, you know, just to kind of be in it, implementing those other services, you know, as far as, um, you know, basic needs that they may have. And some just may need, you know, someone to kind of help them walk through a process. Um, but I do think, you know, looking at everything on a case by case basis. Oh man, she was getting and then it just energy popping. That's what that is. Oh man, man, that was so good. Yeah, she'll she'll put back in, but that that's real, you know. Uh, the no, I wanted her to. I was going to ask her more just about person-centered there because in my undergrad, um, we focus on that, you know, that form of um, therapy and I love it. And okay. it's simply put person-centered. You focus on the person. A lot of times people um, focus on like the diagnosis, you know, or what we like to say the problem or, um, you know, whatever that person um, is just kind of battling or struggling with. Um, I think some of the interesting things we learned was just, um, for instance, I'm trying to think of how 
I'm trying to um, find an example. Um, it was so much that I just didn't know. Like when we say um, like handicapped parking, um, it's, you know, really like disabled um, parking. That's the correct way to say it. Or um, I'm trying to use, I'm trying to find another um, example, but pretty much you take the emphasis. Uh-oh, she back? working on me yeah because i was gonna ask the same question about that because i know as a you know as a student i'm like okay I, you know i know what that means but i was talking first about you know approach. you back miss reynolds yes i'm sorry okay. that is kind of like one of the uh hard things of having <laughs> and being in a rural area mm-hmm. it's so yes. okay no i'm i'm sorry um about that but you can go ahead um, I, but I was just uh, saying that a person-centered approach, um, you know, looking at people uh, more on an individual basis is, is what has proven to be very effective. Um, and then, you know, the environment that, you know, we do it in. And, and that's why we do offer in-home services, because a lot of times I think it's good to see uh, a person's environment for how they see it, to be able to kind of um, help them and meet them where they are, because that's very important in the therapeutic process is meeting people right where they are and not you know, trying to, um, you know, assume or, you know, expect anything different than what they can be able to give you at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, Christy, you were going to uh, ask a question or, or you had uh, something. Yeah. It was pretty much just um, concurring with Janet, just wondering why you chose the person-centered approach, because I'm a clinical mental health student um, currently, so I knew, you know, about that, but I was just going to do it for our viewers, you know, to just go into that a little bit more, but you can just be or why did you um you don't feel the need besides the brief approach or any other approaches that you could have taken um that just that one stood out to you. Mm-hmm. right yes ma'am yes, and ma'am. It, um, um i think when you see me hello you can see miss reynolds Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think what uh, many, uh, many agencies kind of operate under just like one certain theoretical orientation. Um, but I think that that needs to be flexible at any given time. So that's uh, kind of why I, I went with that, you know, specific approach. So, and I guess my next question is, in light of COVID, have you guys been doing a lot of telehealth or is that even the option that you guys are offering? Um, it really just depends on the person. Um, um, okay. if, if, it, if they feel safe to come in, uh, we do uh, clean our facilities. Uh, we allow uh, 30 to 45 minutes in between clients to come mm-hmm. in. And so we can uh, disinfect and sanitize. And we require masks and hand washing and sanitizing before you come in. Um, we are doing some telehealth sessions, probably uh, maybe about 15 to 20%. Um, but a lot of it, we're still, you know, going into the trenches to kind of work with people. What are uh, some of the common issues that you've seen, the presenting problems or just struggles that people are going through during the uh, period of COVID? Has it been different than in previous times? Um, I've seen an increase in uh, cases of anxiety um, and depression. Um 
you know, because people don't know what to expect. They don't know when this is going to end. Um, and I told my mom yesterday, she was like, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and you're just full force. I said, well, we don't know if we're in the middle or not. We don't know when this will end. So um, you know, <laughs> people are just anxious. Like, when will this end? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, but we don't know, you know, when it's going to end. So we don't know what to expect. Um, so I think that's prompting a lot of anxiety. And because people are having to be um, more secluded, it's causing the increase in depression. Um, now, people who have OCD um, uh, or obsessive compulsive disorder or personality disorder, um, you know, if they have already an obsession with cleaning things, it's kind of exacerbating that because you know, now we have this virus that we don't know anything about. And so it's causing me to kind of have to change my behaviors or increase those behaviors, mm -hmm. right? So people with obsessive compulsive personality disorder and uh, obsessive compulsive disorder are, um, you know, that I've seen an exacerbation in those clients. Right. And that's interesting because I, I can say um, to a certain extent, I think with myself, I didn't really experience depression, but anxiety, I did, and I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was, y'all. <laughs> Know about the rural communities. Come on now, we know about it. Yeah, I would say um, until she pops back on. Um, I was experiencing like anxiety myself, and I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And until you know, when you, I'm a firm believer in when you can identify something, you take the power away from it. So you know, if you're in a situation, we just saying like you feel that your breath is becoming short, your heart starts pounding. If you know what you're dealing with, or you know what's going on, then you know how to handle it. You can step away for a second and take 10 deep breaths because you know, okay, whew, this is just my anxiety getting to me. But a lot of times when people don't know that, then they don't really know how to, um, you know, to manage or react or, you know, to cope with what's going on. Even with depression, I think a lot of times people just sit in the dark, right? And they think that that's normal to just have a day where you're just sitting in the dark. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to take a walk. You don't want to be surrounded with anybody. And, you know, you think, well, OK, that's normal. When in fact, it's not, you know, that, that first day. And that's how it kind of just, um, I think, continues to grow and continues to build. But if we can really acknowledge and, you know, jump on it, we should. Great point, Janet. Great point. Uh -huh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I've had to change devices to see if that helps us out a little bit. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, you can go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I think Chrissy was asking me a question. I, I didn't get in, though, since he hasn't said anything. Oh, okay. I'm so, <laughs> um, so I have also been, um, like, during this pandemic, I've been going up and down with my anxiety. Um um, and sometimes that anxiety can turn into depression at some point. Um, but I've noticed that, especially in the black community, like there's a stigma about going to therapy. Um, I've noticed that like in the black community, like um, not all, but like in, in a lot of, in, in some, some areas of the black community, um, it's looked at as a weakness to go to therapy or to want to 
go see a therapist for issues that you're having. And like Janet said, a lot of people um, may experience anxiety and not even know it, you know, that they're experiencing that. So my question is, um, have you noticed any stigmas around uh, the black community as far as like, or have you, or how are y'all addressing the stigma in the black community as far as like, um, you know, uh, promoting therapy in a way? Um, I think that um, I, I'm going to address one portion of what you said. Um, okay. I don't think you can have anxiety without depression or depression without anxiety. They kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as a result, um, because there is a stigma and people don't want to talk about it, a lot of times what I've done is, um, and, and it works for um, our culture, is I um, offer food. It's so easy to talk over food. Um, and so that's something we do socially. Um, and so if I can get you to talk to me while we're eating, um, and that's one thing I do in my approach too. Maybe we won't come to the office. Maybe we'll go out and have a meal because I can get you to kind of talk to me a little bit more, you know, in a, in a more secluded more area. Mm -hmm. yes. And so um, when I when I present it to you as such, um, it doesn't seem like such a bad thing. Um, if I can present it to you as, hey, let me take you out and let's go eat something or let's go grab a bite, you know, and we'll come back here. Mm -hmm. um, that really kind of, um, I think it shows people a different way. And I've had, um, I've had African-American and Caucasian clients to tell me, oh, when I called you, I thought it was going to be this other experience. I thought I was going to you know, walk in and see this old, you know, uh, white mm -hmm. man or old white woman. Mm -hmm. And it's the long pouch, <laughs> like the which is what I wanted with Flumbrook. I didn't want it to be, you know, you don't you don't see a, a, a couch laid out. Um, and this is the therapy room that I'm in. I'm gonna show you all real quick. Um, and it's not oh, like nice. a long, large couch. It's just it really so uh, different. I wouldn't have even known that was your thing. Nice. Hey, I love it's it. That's the scene, right? That's the scene, right? You gotta get so, the, the ambiance. You know what I'm saying? Right, and that's so very important. Um, and so. And maybe sometimes like I have, um, you know, children that are very expressive or, you know, they they don't talk a lot. And so we go mm -hmm. inform like, hey, well, you know, I have an art room back there. We do art therapy where you can kind of express yourself through music or dance mm -hmm. or painting or drawing. We, we do. We just try to make it, you know, simplistic and we make it a conversation, you know. Um, and I think that mm -hmm. is is proven to help, especially in our black communities when they mm -hmm. say, hey, well, therapy doesn't have to be, you know, um, like a stick in the mud or a stuffy experience. It actually can be really good and therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Thank you, Ms. Um That's amazing because working in the school system, um, I'm just going to say when it comes down to just like curriculum, and the approach that they take as far as like counseling services from what I've seen, just based off of my experiences, we got to do a better job. We have to do a better job when it just comes down to really focusing in and identifying and seeing our youth as individuals. That is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and it, it's not always difficult for a child to difficult for a parent. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm gonna read a little piece um, of your your bio, but I, me and Dr. D was talking about this, and I thought this was amazing because you said you know you're offering pretty much supportive services 
from ages um, zero to 21 in the form of financial, spiritual, emotional, and behavioral services. And I thought it was so different that you said financial, spiritual, and emotional services because one issue um, that we ran into a lot was after students graduated, parents didn't know how their kids were, you know, how they were gonna, you know, go through that transition. Um, to you know adulthood, and um, I just wanted you to really talk a little more about your financial and your spiritual part, just because that is so different, and we rarely hear anything about that. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for asking about that. That's very important to me. Um, now, the financial aspect of it, I run into a lot of um, clients and families, um, and you know, they wouldn't mind me saying this, where a lot of what they're experiencing is generational. Um, we've gone through generations of not knowing how to manage our finances or how to even budget, how to have a checking account, um, how to build credit. Um, so right. some of the things that we do is, um, uh, one of the components is, um, like a, a year or so ago, we partnered with Service First Bank. Um, and they came in and they taught credit and um, how to do a checking account and savings and things like that to our students um, and offered a, a free uh, checking accounts for them to start. Um, and like next month, we're planning to a theme of we'd love to, you know, help you with your future. And that's for some of you know our high school kids that are maybe they don't know what they want to do. They don't know how they're going to fund their education. So sitting down with them to see if they qualify for financial aid, see what scholarships they may uh, qualify for. And then we do a, we do a scholarship every year. Um, we didn't do anything last year with, you know, every, the transition and everything, but we try to do three to four scholarships a year. And they're not just for the kids that make straight A's or A's and B's. These are the students that may fall through the cracks otherwise, you know, maybe, you know, they may have a C or, you know, something of that nature. Um, so we offer those types of services for them to show them not just how to accrue debt, but how to, you know, get out of debt and stop the generational portion of it. Um, I believe wellness is, is um, you know, all those components, mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, it, it's all of those things. And so we have to bring in the spiritual component to it. Um, now, uh, personally, I don't um, say, you know, to all of my clients, hey, I'm Christian, you have to do this. I try to figure out where they come from and what they believe to kind of integrate that into therapy. Um, but personally, you know, I do uh, have my own practices that I um, do outside of therapy, you know, to kind of um, be, a, a, I guess, an intercessor or a mediator in between. Um, so I do do those things for them, but I try to figure out what they are practicing and how it, to kind of incorporate it into their being and kind of help them see it that way. That's wonderful. Yes. The whole person. Like the whole person. Yes. yes. So I wanted to show your website um, so you all can ask more questions, but I just wanted to share my screen to her website. One second. And it's so nice. Like, it's so nice. It's amazing. It needs to be updated. So I have a, a person who does that for me. So, um, And I'm on your services. Let me go back to home for a second. Um, but even still, this looks good. Like, it looks so reassuring. Um, and she has her mission, the services, the volunteering at the bottom. Look at this cute baby. 
Awesome. Yeah, this is wonderful. And we would love to, you know, continue to uh, or find, identify ways where we can partner because um, with community wellness, we are able to uh, offer services or support uh, other organizations providing services in Pike and Bullitt County. So, um, you know, definitely anything that we could do or, or you know, identifying ways that, that we can support the work that you're doing or again uh, put uh put some things together because the more the merrier our communities need so much and and if covid uh has shown us anything is that we are stronger when we work together and so um this is just wonderful to see and to to hear about what you're doing this is awesome and, and i was looking she's she said specifically for the 21, because I was just about to call her and say, hey, I, I need somebody to talk to. <laughs> oh, well, that's why it has to be updated, because now we have we have extended our services. Uh, before, we were only credentialed through Medicaid, and um, that's what I was going to add as well. But now we, we take Blue Cross. We have all kids. We have... Um, we even have a sliding scale for people who may not have insurance where their fee is not. Um, and, you know, that's why we kind of have to be nonprofit as well um, where, they, where they don't pay um, over twenty dollars. And that's I think if their salary is about seventy five thousand dollars a year. Um, but we do have a sliding scale for people who need to access services. Um, and then we do do like 10 percent of our work pro bono. So um, that's amazing. Um, and I'm saying that because I know a lot of people. Um, or I'm going to say a lot of my peers who we were looking for counselors, but we can't find anybody um, that kind of looks like us. And I know it may be a conversation, you know, that might need to be had, but I, I really do think, you know, representation is key, um, especially when it comes down, comes down to cultural competence. It's yes. something about talking to someone and they can't really understand, you know, where you're coming from or if you're presenting an issue, they don't understand the, the depth that it holds. You get what I'm saying? Right. So seeing you um, and seeing you, you know, working in your field so gracefully, you know, it's just a way, honestly, in my eyes, where it's just like, man, finally. I'll say it like that. We're like, right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That cultural competence, because that's where we run into the issue of misdiagnosis. And to be honest, there's a reason why in the African-American community, why people are apprehensive, because, you know, that has been a problem uh, throughout the course of, of our nation's history. So it's so refreshing and just encouraging to know about uh, your practice and what you're doing and Again, whatever we for and help, we are on board. We would love to partner. I know, I think we featured uh, your organization in our uh, virtual resource fair. So, uh, you know, just continuing to get the word out in your communities is part of our mission as well. So we, we are here to serve. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. No, I, I'm, I'm going to be heading that way. Um, well, come on. I really do. I'm gonna head it because I want to see you or whatever, and I just you know want to personally give you um just a gift from the community wellness um team. But you know, I will say this briefly before you leave. I'm like, man, this is so good. You are our first um, you're our first guest. 
you know, in 2021, which, and honestly, it was no better way to start, but um, it's just really crazy how um, a person's character will really speak for them because when we were doing the virtual um, resource fair, I asked Miss Reynolds for a video and this was like last minute too, you know, and um, I think she ended up, she, she ended up having like an emergency that came out of nowhere, but the next day, she sent me that video and you know just really i think for me it spoke and it just showed like this woman is about her business <laughs> like and she's you know a woman of her word and it's so rare to really find people um like that and i know you don't know you haven't really been us, but i look up to you um uh-huh. i really do um and i can't find no other way but to say thank you so much for taking the time out to come and to just you know share a little bit of your passion and you know you you know with the with our team so i really truly appreciate it thank you so much thank y'all so much for having me i really appreciate it yes just want to share again your social media i think we've been having to go and scrolling through the bottom just how people can contact you uh, any information that you could give to our viewers. Yes, uh, you can call us um, at 855-492-5203. We always have someone that's available to answer um, for you or get back to you in a timely manner. Um, But you you can reach us on our website or um, any of our social media pages at Flo & Brook Inc. on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but just again, thank y'all so much and just, you know, make sure your mental health's intact. You know, we've been through a lot in 2020 along with everything else. And what a great way to start out your um, year with making sure that you are well, um, fully. Okay. I just want to make sure the number, thank you. <laughs> the number posted before she left. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Y'all have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye, thank you. Yes, y'all, that was dope right there. That was, that was it. Inc. Yeah. Yeah, so many uh, important topics uh, were addressed. Yeah. She did the clothes and she was right on. Right, look, we we wrapping it up. We wrapping it up. So on Doc's Corner, the one thing I want to add, because Ian gave us a wonderful uh, salute to hip hop with uh, the tribute to MF Doom. But I also want to say uh, kind of in that same light, the power of hip hop, y'all. It is definitely a culture. And uh, today in Georgia is a statewide uh, election mm-hmm. and hip hop culture has been so influential in this uh, election season, uh, particularly with uh, this special election. We have seen concerts, we have seen uh, D-Nice quarantine uh, uh, concert live to to Georgia. And so um, just the power of hip hop culture and the power of creativity should not be slept on. So uh, that was what I wanted to add. Again, uh, rest in peace to MF Doom. Did you see you all? Um, I cannot think of the guy's um name, but the song is really catchy. I'm sorry, it's called Throat Baby. But they um Throat Baby, yes. <laughs> so I said Throat Baby go up. Throat Baby, they um used him uh I think to like help promote or just to encourage voters. Um and Monica um came on the scene too to just uh, encourage people to vote. 
And a real shout out to Georgia because on, um, you know, social media, people were standing in lines. It was raining outside. I know it's cold. And those people were just like really dedicated. And I was like, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the turnout was crazy. The early vote turnout was almost like 50%, which would be high because this isn't a regular election. This is a special election. So, you know, that's high. People don't turn out that much. So today is the actual election day. So we'll see what the overall turnout is. But hip hop culture definitely played a role with getting that black vote out. And yeah, when I heard that vote, baby, remix, I said, that's remix I can get down with. And then they made a commercial, a little uh, social media commercial where it said, uh, move, Mitch, get out the way. Yeah, like, I Hip hop come through. But, uh, but yeah, man. So, uh, so that, you know, that's the thing. Uh, Hip hop culture is powerful, you know, when we use it, like your words, like you said, Jenna, with intention. So, uh, you know, that's what you did in Doc's Corner. We um, definitely going to bring it. So, we up with uh, Kicking It With KP and the round out of a great show. Like, this was I wanted to add something to that when you said about hip hop actually taking yeah. on the stand. My mind was thinking about um, the new bank. That Killer Mike had opened up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you seen it. Yeah, I'm on the wait list, Greenwood. <laughs> That's it. That's the name. And I was like, and so it did something for me because I remember watching that interview with him, Candice, um, Ti, and it was like a couple other people that they did um, on stage, centered around the whole George Floyd and voting and all that good stuff. But anyway. And that was something that he kept, you know, saying, he was like, we need to start being, you know, that lead. We need to start making people, making those opportunities. And for him to actually follow through with that, I was like. Major. Was, That's right. major, right? Yeah. The follow through, Chris. Yes. Right. Because a lot of times we do get on stage. Well, not just us, but people get on stage and they do talk a very good game. And um, but like I said, for him actually to deliver, it kind of moved me, and I, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, not really knew him as an artist. I'll say that because I'm not hip hop inclined as you and my and Ian, but you know, I was just like, okay, that did something for me. Either way, winding oh, on down. Thank you, thank you. Winding on down with kicking it with KP. First of all, happy New Year again to like all our viewers right i know it's, it already seemed like it's so much um we want to thank miss reynolds for coming out she did a phenomenal job in just showing and expressing her passion but also shedding light to um something that's near and dear to me as well which is mental health um so our word for the day actually is ironic and it's i think janet has it but it's okay. i see there we go. Um, and it's an adjective, as you can see, it just means promoting peace and reconciliation. So when I read that, I was like, hmm, you know, we think about it as a confrontation between people or that was what, what kind of rained on me. But I was like, what about inward? Um, can we promote peace within ourselves? And it doesn't have to be anything drastic, but sometimes it can just be, you know, turning your phone on silent for a short period of time or um, step, as Janet said once before, stepping away from the computer, stepping 
away um, from certain conversations just to kind of promote that peace within yourself inwardly. Um, and that can kind of speak volumes for you and your mental health all together. Um, just a quote for today. Life is change. Growth is optional. So choose wisely. Um, wow. May you know do with it what you may. A lot of times, you know, we want people to to be who we want them to be, but we have to remember that growth is optional. And if they don't want that, then who are we to say this is what your life should look like? So be able to be secure in who you are, be secure in what you stand for, um, and just you know choose wisely. If you want to grow, grow. If not, that's fine. But that doesn't have to um, have dictate how you move, dictate how the next person moves. And so most of all, be kind, be bold, be you. So that that's my segment for today. Um, enjoy everybody. And um, again, thank you for kicking it with KP and our Communities Wellness Podcast. And yeah, so we'll see you next time. Thank y'all.